Samuel Brown unpacks grow through what you go through, insights on leadership and growth. Join us in a conversation with national speaker, philanthropist, and best-selling author Samuel Brown. We discuss his book, Grow Through What You Go Through, exploring themes of personal growth, leadership, and mindset. Learn about the minor life tweaks that can bring significant changes, the application of growth assessments, and the influence of Kobe Bryant's Mamba mentality. Like, share, subscribe for more inspiring content. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. I'm excited to share with you our guest today. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Renowned speaker, best-selling author, and esteemed philanthropist Sam Brown has left a profound impact on stages across the country. His engaging keynotes and presentations have enriched schools, universities, organizations, and individuals for over a decade, specializing in topics such as teamwork, leadership styles, personal growth, and self-improvement, Brown's insights resonate deeply with audiences. Drawn from his personal experiences, Brown empowers his listeners to see adversity as an opportunity to improve themselves. A graduate of Millersville University with a bachelor's degree in speech communication, Brown embodies his belief that sometimes one must experience breakdowns to achieve breakthroughs. Please help me welcome Samuel Brown. What is going on? What is going on? Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to uh, be on your show today. Uh, it's my pleasure, Samuel. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. It is truly a gift to have you here. I'm excited to share with the audience a little bit about you. So let's dive right in. Please tell us all about you. 
So uh, for those listening, uh, my name is Sam Brown, uh, short for Samuel Brown, and who I am, right? Um, I love that question, but who I am, I'm an individual that has been impacted um, by life in positive and negative ways. And I've just taken those different impacts, those experiences, situations, and utilize it as fuel to become the person that I am today. So I'm a person where, you know, come from a small town, Coatesville, Pennsylvania, shout out to Coatesville. Um, and I'm a national speaker. I travel all over the world, impacting high schoolers and college students, um, as well as developing staff through various trainings. And I'm just super excited to be here. I'm a recently uh, a new author of a book, Grow Through What You Go Through. Um, and what my focus is or my life mission is to help people become the best version of themselves through my speaking engagements, through my workshops, and also just by being connected to me. So that's a little bit about who I am. I love that. So you have a, a some life experiences of why you kind of came to being of where you're at. I would love to know a little more insight on that. And what were your earliest indications that you really wanted to step into being a speaker? And who influenced you? Who are the people that really influenced you to empower you to step into speaking? Yeah, definitely. So I share on my keynote, Grow Through What You Go Through, my life experiences on how I became the person that I am. But to give you in a nutshell, um, my first major life experience was at nine years old when I came home from school and I found out that my dad wasn't coming home. Um, losing my father at age nine, really introduced me to the world of life experiences because that moment and that realization that he wasn't coming back because he had passed away while he was at work um, truly took me on a, a journey in life to trying to figure out what life was and I had to actually grow up very early. So from there, I actually experienced homelessness um, at the age of nine and just trying going from women's shelter to women's shelter um, with my mom at the time and just living on family members couches and not only that like those life experience um, drove me to actually coachville pennsylvania where my grandparents um, had found out that i was living homeless and living couch to couch apartment to apartment and they actually took us in me and my uh, closest sister in age because i'm the youngest of three sisters which, and I'm the only boy, so it's always interesting. Um, yeah. But just going from there, uh, just life continued to happen. I didn't really have time to process what has happened to me up until that point. I was too young to really understand. And a lot of adults outside of my family didn't take the time initially to wonder why, which led me to looking to find acceptance in school, looking to find community, family, right? Because I've come from, in a sense, a, a, a family that was broken when I lost my father. So I really got in trouble in school a lot, like a lot, a lot, to the point where um, sixth through eighth grade, I compiled a uh, disciplinary track that was almost as tall as me. I had my own special assigned seat in the office. I was suspended or in school suspension every other day. And I actually got kicked out of my school district um at the whole district 
Yes, the whole district. They told wow. me I couldn't go to the high school, couldn't go to any school. So I end up going to alternative school, which again, ultimately was a benefit looking back on it. At the time I, I was upset about it, but looking back on it, it kind of gave me a moment to like, not have to feel the pressure of wanting to be accepted because I was mm. in a school where I was with people that weren't accepted. So like we were all able to connect and bond and the different adults that I met during that time truly yeah. impacted my life. And I always say my life changed in ninth grade because of a person and a program uh, called the Coatesville Youth Initiative. And my first ever mentor, James Silk Wilkins. Um, we called him Silk because he was like smooth. Um, <laughs> but like that, that was really that was really a lot of early things that had shaped my life. And then from there, I started to see leadership in myself. I started to see uh, finally a group of adults that didn't that looked past my behavior that that saw something in me because I got good grades in school. My behavior was just horrible. Um, and to answer your second question, fast forward and uh, college was really where I started to think, oh, this could be a career it's public speaking because uh, freshman year I took a public speaking class and I was honestly a very shy kid still at the time. I didn't like to speak in front of crowds, let alone a classroom. But once I went through that course and my professor was like, hey, you have a gift, um, I started to find other opportunities to practice and hone in on that gift. And a lot of my inspiration came after college when I started to take this more serious was the Eric Thomas's of the world. Dr. Eric Thomas, he was a big influence early on and me wanting to become a speaker. And then from there, I had various influences throughout my life, like Inky Johnson's, um, and even some of my mentors uh, that I talk to on a regular, um, Lamar uh, Womble, uh, Chris Collins, um, and of course, uh, my biggest mentor, uh, um, oh man, and when I talk about him, Carlos, Carlos, he's, he's just been such an impact on my life, so. Well, Samuel, you definitely have taken such a huge flip and transformation from what you are experiencing as a youth. And of course, it makes perfect sense. And many youth who experience such a tragedy early on in life don't know how to handle it and they're not guided in the proper ways. So I hear that you really didn't know what to do and know how to handle it. You didn't have time to process the emotions that you were feeling. And so you acted out as, as again, would many, many youth you act out for the attention because you don't know what's happening internally and you don't know how to express it. I think it's incredible that you talked about when you finally went into an alternative high school, I can relate with you, believe it or not, Samuel, because I too went to an alternative high school. So I hear where you have a totally different experience. And there were so many adults and leaders in that arena that I too uh, were very influenced by and, and felt more supported. So you have utilized your experiences and these mentors that you've had along the way to really show up for youth 
today and it's very passionate for you. Am I correct? Definitely a thousand percent. So let's talk a little bit about that. Where did you go from there? What, what routes did you go to really start being active in other youth lives? Yeah, so ironically, the same organization that saved my life, and I talk about this all the time, the Coatesville Youth Initiative um, in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, offered me an opportunity to work as a um, as a associate coordinator at the age of 18. So I was able to then be the adult mentor that I had in the same summer program that I was involved in. And what that did for me, ultimately, it it gave me hope. Like they believed in me. Because um, even at, at the age of 18, I wasn't a thousand percent sure if if I had what it take, what it take, what it took to make it happen, right? To make life happen, to make something out of myself. But not only did they pour into me at the time when I was at a crossroad and I was on a self-destructive path. They also gave me an opportunity at the age of 18, at the young age, to give me the keys to the program and say, listen, we believe in you. And not only and we did trust I you that a thousand percent, because that was the biggest yeah. thing. It's like being able to be trusted by them to, yeah. to nurture the next generation of young people because they understood that I bought into it as a youth and I knew the impact to where I would serve the young people. Um at the best of my abilities. So from there, I spent the first two, three summers of my college career coming back, working there for an eight, 10 week program, um, working during the winter months. They they gave me a home. And I always say that's my home away from home, even yeah. to this day. Like I've been back there and I've served as a coordinator, as a, um, as a program lead at these various positions even as recent as 2021 before I moved from PA to Maryland. And to this day, I still contract with them. I run a young males group out there and it's because of them. I always want to find ways to give back. I come there and I speak for free. I come there and I share and I connect with students. I work with their staff. I do whatever it takes to ensure that the work is still continuing to happen. Samuel, that's so beautiful. It legitimately gave me chills when you started talking about that because it is something great when people believe in you, when they trust in you, like you said, they hand over the keys and they allow you to be something great and inspire oh others. And isn't it true? Once taught, twice learned. Definitely. Definitely yeah. over and over again. Definitely. So through that first experience of really jumping into leadership for you, could you share a few of your experiences or, or any profound moments that you noticed out of that experience? Yeah. So, um, one throughout that experience, uh, the most profound moment that I can remember actually happened a few times. And the most profound moment is I received like cards my first year doing the program at graduation. I received cards from students, from parents and the messages, because the one thing about me, the one thing I love more than anything 
is for someone to write kind words to me about how I impacted or influenced their life. And to get so many from so many students, parents, uh, community members that we've partnered with and to just hear how, Sam, over these eight weeks, you changed my life. You impacted me. And we didn't know each other at the start of the summer, but at the end, we became family and they felt that. And that was so profound because, again, we do great work, but we don't always know if the great work is being received or is being utilized. Mm -hmm. But to get those reflections, to get those testimonials, to get the hugs, to get the tears, to hear like, oh, my God, I can't wait till next summer. Are you still going to be here? To hear all of those and to have students still reach out to me and just say thank you for all you have done has helped me in my journey by working and serving youth for over a decade. And no matter what space I touch um, has been so, so amazing. And honestly, I cannot, um, there's nothing above that. There's nothing above that. I love that. It definitely helps propel us to want to continue doing the work and doing it for the rest of our lives, doesn't it? When we have such an impactful, when we touch other people's lives and inspire them to become their best selves, there's just nothing like it. thousand percent. Um, and that's what I live for. Because again, an adult did it for me. And I told myself, if mm-hmm. I ever had the opportunity when I grow up to serve and impact the same young people that have similar experiences or that just need that positive adult, I would be that person. So I've always seen myself as no matter what I do, I want to find a way to impact individuals, um, especially like youth, especially young adults. That's why I work with uh, middle school, high school, and even college students, because I, that's who I need. That's who, Those were the age ranges where I needed adults and support the most. So yeah. I understand and I know that it gets harder and harder, um, you know, with things in the world changing. So you have created some really cool programs for youth. But walk me through what happened next. I know that you went to university, but what what was kind of the next steps that you had throughout life? More experiences came to bring you to where you are. Yeah, so college for me was amazing because um, I suffered with a lot of self-esteem still going into college, a lot of identity issues, um, leaders questions about my leadership abilities. So college, what that did for me, um, it gave me an opportunity to to flourish and to grow into the person that everyone else saw, but I couldn't see at the time. Mm. So college, some of the most amazing um, moments in college for me Uh, I was president of the second largest organization. So I I led an organization called the Black Student Union um, at Millersville University. And then I also had opportunity to represent um, essentially like my people uh, as the second ever African-American to win Homecoming King. And that was actually something I didn't necessarily pursue, but people nominated me and I felt, you know, a service to my community to represent us and in a most positive way. And then, you know, throughout college, I've had other opportunities where um, bridging the gap between law enforcement and college, because, you know, sometimes in college, 
there's a di disconnect between law enforcement and college students. So being able to bring groups together, have forums, have real discussions that move the needle in our society. Mm -hmm. And not only that, to continue to find ways to serve um, even beyond college. Once I graduated, I've worked with youth in juvenile probation and foster care to be that beacon of light for them and to mm -hmm. see some of my youth, some of my mentees go from probation to grad college graduation to see some of my mentees that were in foster care now thriving and surviving and even reaching back out and just saying, hey, that program when I was 16, I'm 20 something now, truly helped shape me. And I was like, wow. Like, um, so a lot of those experiences, uh, professional experiences in different youth settings, my college experience helped me understand my purpose and my drive and, and how my story, my experiences aren't just for me. I teach this and yeah. grow through what you go through. Your experiences aren't just for you. Your experiences can save someone's life. I had students break down and cry after hearing my keynote and just say, I needed you right now in this moment because I was on the edge. And to be able to just sit back and be like, wow, by me being vulnerable enough to share the hardship the losses, the wins, the successes, the failures for people to see me and where I came from, they assume like life was easy, life was good, but no, life was life was hard. Life had its challenges, but I utilized those challenges and, and, and turned them into fuel. I turned my pain into purpose. Mm, yeah. And so you have really learned and understood that when you step up to speak about your experiences, when you become vulnerable and share the stories of life and all of the things and all of the experiences that have led you to where you are, but by sharing those experiences and being vulnerable, it really helps the audience. And stepping on a stage is something that is one of the most terrifying things that humans can do. For whatever reason, it's one of the top fears. So I would love to know, Samuel, just a little bit, how, what was your first experience of stepping onto a stage and how comfortable were you doing it? So um, my first experience was back in 2018, entering 2019. And I was actually asked to speak on a panel for some uh, middle school and high school students in Philadelphia. It was an organization from someone I met in college, uh, Don Forrest. Um, he created this organization called Don Cares. So I'm not going to lie. Like, I was nervous. I was very much like Instagram motivational guy. Like, I give you 60 seconds of motivation. Like, I get to delete it, start it over, um, <laughs> stop it. Yeah. So in that moment, I was like, wow, like, you know, this is a little nerve wracking. Luckily, I had other people and they were actually like, they were like, superstars compared to me i was just like that regular guy that just so happened to know the host but everyone else like they were like seasoned speakers they were authors they were all these different things so the intimidation was initially there right um i really sat back let other people answer questions and then i would add my two cents but i i learned that it's better to listen um and understand than to just speak first right 
So yeah. it gave me an opportunity to ease into speaking, but this is how I knew I had something. Afterwards, students came up to me and they were locked in and engaged on questions that they had for me. Like when I was talking to them, it was almost as if they were captivated. Like they saw their celebrity. They were just so focused and we didn't know each other. I might've spoken for five minutes in total over an hour and a half um, event. But to know that th within those five minutes, I said something that, that, that can help them or impacted them and they wanted to know more made me realize like, hey, this felt good. Let's mm -hmm. keep figuring it out. And this was before I started to share my story. This was, I was just giving good advice, good life advice. Um, so that first well, experience it. was was nerve wracking, but afterwards it was almost endearing and it kind of fueled mm. me to be like, let's get to this next stage. Next time, you know, let's just be yeah. the only one on the stage. Uh, yeah, I feel like you're really fortunate to enter into and onto a stage in that aspect because when you're a part of a panel, it's not solely on you the entire time and you're the expert, right? You're being asked questions. And so what a beautiful way to, to definitely enter into that realm. Now, I want to share with the audience the faithandeffort.org and I have this on the screen, but let's dive in a little bit to this beautiful organization that you created. Please share a little bit about it and how you how you first founded it and what it looks like. Yeah, so um, again, my other half of my story that I share, right, on when I when I do my keynote is that faith and effort was founded way before it actually existed. So me and my mother, um, she suffered with her own personal issues, um, dealing with uh, like drug addiction and different things like that. So growing up, we didn't have this, the strongest connection, but we always had that mother-son connection. Every time we were actually able to be together, it was nothing but love. Mm -hmm. And when I got my scholarship to college, she they had this blown up picture that I've, I to this day, like I still see it around when I go home and I'm like, y'all gotta get, y'all gotta take this down. Um, but they had this blown up picture with this bio of me and she was so proud that I was her first child to go off to college. But the one thing that she told me, always told me, she said, before I believed in myself, she believed in me. And she always told me, if you want anything in this world, you have to work. So faith, belief in yourself or belief in your higher power, whatever you believe, and then effort. you got to put in the work. By mm. combining belief in yourself and maximizing your effort level, you can achieve anything in life. You can become who you want in life. And my senior year of college, I was 15 weeks away from graduating and I was graduating on Mother's Day. Um, two weeks or maybe a week into school, um, I was heading home. I worked at Apple at the time and I got a tragic call that my mother was killed um, in a hit and run car accident. And mm. it completely shook my world because at the time I'm 22. I lost my dad. I lost my mom. I went to school because of my mother. She was the reason why I chose to go to college because honestly, 
I didn't view myself as a college student, but she was so proud. I was like, I'm going to do this for you. And for three years, I knew I was graduating on Mother's Day. And that was going to be the greatest gift. So I always would tell her, like, listen, we got two more years. I got you with this gift on Mother's Day. Um, and to not have her there, I, I spiraled into depression. I spiraled into um, just feeling not myself. I'm a very go lucky, happy, positive person. Um, I didn't, I didn't shower for days. I, I stayed in dark rooms. Like I didn't, I wasn't myself around friends. I would sometimes fake it out in public, but then internally I, I would be broken. And that entire year, I ended up not finishing school. I was actually three credits or seven credits short. Um, and that winter, I was sitting in my grandparents' house, and I told myself that I'm tired. I'm done. Uh, I, I need something that's going to uplift my spirit, that's going to save my life, because honestly, I didn't know where I was headed, but I knew I was headed down a dark path. And that's why I always say sometimes you need to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. And that was my breakdown moment, because my mom like came to me in a, like in the kitchen. I was just like sitting there, just like, I'm tired. God, I need something. Help me, please. And faith and effort hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, I, no other name came to mind. Nothing else was an alternative version of it. It, it, it. it literally came to me. And I knew it was my mom because she always, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. always wanted the best for me. So I always tell people like, my faith and effort isn't it's more than just a speaking and an engagement business it's it's something that saved my life and i and i love to share that it's dedicated to her and my goal one day is to create a um, foundation is to create um some type of scholarship for single mothers um where they can you know create a life that they want through the foundation of faith and effort so that's how it came about, and it has grown tremendously. Again, it started on Instagram with me projecting videos that will ultimately help me, but it has <laughs> now grown into a business that has now impacted, inspired, and, and and supported and saved so many lives that that you know that I've touched. It's like planting seeds, and that's yeah. really what the organization is. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together.
Samuel, that's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable in those experiences. And I'm so sorry for your both of your parents' loss. It is a tragedy, truly, when someone so young loses both of their parents. And I know that you had your grandparents too, but it's a little bit different of a feeling, right, for a lot of us. And so, but I see how it has really bloomed you into creating something so gorgeous. And I love that you really push towards serving single mothers, because when we talk about some of the root causes of how our youth show up, because they don't have the resources or both parents, they don't have the guidance. And when you, when you meet the parents of where they're at and you give them access to anything, to school, to resources where they can better themselves, they also are leading by example and by leading that example for their children, their children will typically follow suit. No, nah, definitely. Um, and for me, my mom, I learned so much from her and just how I learned from my dad. Uh, my grandma always says I had both my mom and my dad in me, which I was so young and also disconnected from my mom to not be able to see it, but other people see it. Um, like my mom, the, the caring side my mom would take, would give her her shirt off her back to someone that she loved, that she cared about, that needed it. That was my mom. My mom was was strictly a amazing soul um, that just suffered from a lot of things that people suffer from in this world, and it made people view her differently. But I never viewed her that way. I never once blamed her for not being in my life. And I always just observed. I was very observant as a young child because I had to be. And I learned so much on just how to be a positive person, how to give from my hand and not how to give from my heart and not my hand. And my mm -hmm. dad was was a structure, right? He, he was an army man, true and true. My, my drive, my mindset, um, mm. my, 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 how I just operate, that's my father. And to be able to have both of those worlds, and even though they're not here, but their spirits are living within me every day, allows me to do what I do, allows me to impact how I impact. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Great story, Samuel. I'm so pleased for you to share that here with us. And so let's talk about this incredible piece of written work that you have produced. And so I'm going to bring into the stage your book, which by the way, for everyone here tuning in, this is what initially drew me to Samuel. And if you'll take a look at this book, it's absolutely beautiful. I love the title. I love the artwork. It has a huge statement. And when I saw this at first, I had to say something to Samuel. I, and I just mentioned how powerful I thought that his title was for his book. And the rest is history. Here we are. But grow through what you go through. It's catchy. It makes so much sense. It's encouraging to grow through what you go through. So Samuel, I'd love to hear 
what, how did you come up with the title? How did you come up with the artwork? Share a little bit about how this came to fruition. Definitely. So the title, Grow Through What You Go Through, it was 2019. It was 2019. I was still early in my speaking career and I wanted to speak at Westchester University. They had this um, this conference for uh, men of color and I got rejected. I, I took my time with the proposal. Mm -hmm. I met with my mentor and I got rejected. And at the time, that was my first major rejection because prior to that, I was having success as a speaker. Mm. And I really was just like, I'm not going to lie. I was in my feelings. I was upset. Sure. And my mentor was like, listen, you're not, you're not a student there, but you should ask if you can still attend the event so that you can see why you weren't accepted. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, but then I came around, I was like, you know what? I'm going to email them, ask them. They, even though, again, the, the, the work, the conference was only for students. If you weren't a speaker, you couldn't attend. They mm -hmm. let me attend as an honorary member. Aww. And the uh, theme of the conference was grow through what you go through. And to this day, I tell people that is one of the most amazing conferences I've ever been to. And in that moment, I embodied that was like, wow, I grew through what I went through. I didn't yeah. get accepted, but I took that in a sense loss and turned it into a lesson on how to get better. And I actually got accepted the uh, following year and the year after that to speak um, at that conference. So that message always stuck with me. And then my grandfather always used to tell me every time I would tell him like, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. He would always tell me what's next, right? So he always pushed me to find ways to continue to grow and develop. And the most profound thing that he said to me was like, your, your ceiling will eventually be your floor if you focus hard enough. And for me, that mm. was so monumental because it, it, it shifted how I view life. I view life as like, oh, I'm great. I don't, I can be complacent. No, I'm never going to be complacent. So that was how the title came about. And then eventually it became, an, it became a keynote. And then I was like, hmm, when I'm thinking about my book, this would be perfect for me because I have other books that I've written but didn't release, but it wasn't, it never resonated the way that this did because it was mm. more personal for me. And as far as the artwork, um, the rose growing through the concrete was inspired by Tupac's um, poem, uh, A Rose Growing Through a Concrete. So that mm. was a vision because when I think about growth, right, we grow in the most uncomfortable environments or the, or the environments that push us to, to, um, to find ways to prosper through adversity. And what better representation than a rose growing in, a, in an uncomfortable, unfamiliar environment yeah. And I always tell people, if you truly want to be comfortable, you have to be uncomfortable at first, because yeah. any state or any space that we're comfortable in, we first were uncomfortable. Um, so I had my great friend of what now 14 years. We were actually in the same youth program. Uh, I, he's a graphic designer, Bruce Reeves. 
And I went to him with the vision and I was like, hey, man, like, I need you to create this. Even down to the words, I was like, hey, can we distress the words a little bit? Because I even want the words to represent growth. So, like, if you see on the cover, the words are grainy a little bit. Because, again, I want everything Mm -hmm. to represent growth. Even the grayest background and how growth sometimes isn't clear. It isn't black and white, like Mm -hmm. law or something like that. It's uncertain, right? Because we're on this journey of growth where we don't know where we're going, but we have to trust that we're going in the right direction. So even down to that, um, and then the rose petals, they represent your old version of yourself that has now shed it. And now you're blossoming into this beautiful rose that is still resilient, still standing strong in uncomfortable environments. Wow. Oh my gosh, that had way more meaning, jam-packed full of meaning. And I think it's absolutely beautiful, incredible. My goodness, growing through the hardest things, just all of that detail and and the art. You know, I noticed the way that the leaves were wrapping around even the wording. And so you have definitely put an immense amount of thought behind that. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. So what are some of the biggest things that have impacted you through writing this book, getting it out into the world, doing the keynotes? How has this turned out for you? Um, A lot of it was reflection because, again, in this hustle hustle and bustle and world of life, when we're in our careers, when we're chasing our dreams, when we're doing these different things, that gave me a moment because I wrote it in about 31 days where I, I... I shifted because in order to write something, I didn't want to just write it. I wanted to embody it, right? I wanted to embody the work of of art that I created, not just so that people are like, oh, this is a great book, but he's a hypocrite. But I really wanted to embody that journey. So during my journey of writing this book, I did a lot of reflection. There's a lot of stories in there. There's a lot of wisdom from my grandfather, from Kobe, from my mentors, from my life experiences, even each chapter, I have a quote from someone, different people in those world, dead or alive, that had that relates to the topic, right? Or that relates to um, this, the, the, uh, the chapter. And throughout that journey, I was like, wow, I got through this. Wow. I experienced this and this is where I'm at today. And it gave me a a moment of being proud and reflect because again, as a speaker, as I share my story often, I don't always get to reflect on my own life because I'm always, you know, narrating it so that other people can, you know, utilize it for their own journey. But to be able to sit back and write it, it was almost fluid for me, even though it took me, some days were harder than others. Like I gave up video games. I gave up watching TV. I stayed up at one in the morning, woke up at six to do to, to make this happen. And I really felt good at the end of it. I told myself, however long this is, which it isn't a long read, that I want people to utilize this as a tool, not just a good read one time, never see it again. But and that's why I even included growth assignments at the end of each chapter. But the experience for me, it was surreal because it gave me time to reflect on my own life in a different way because I had to now display it to the world. You know what I love about reflection, the word and um, self, 
acknowledgement, self-reflection. It is self-growth when you recognize those aspects of yourself. And it makes me think of the petals that are falling from the rose. And when we have those moments of self-reflection and understanding, we are able to bloom into something different and shed the old to bring in something new. So I, I think that is really great. I love that you have the growth assessments incorporated within the book that really is able to give people tips and tricks. Can you pull a couple of those tips and tricks just for our audience? Can you give us some tips and tricks and things that you recommend to utilize when you're going through personal development? Definitely. Um, and just a real quick speak on the rose petals on a book. The reason why I kept them there, not only to show the visualiz the visualization of like how you've grown, but to understand that you can't forget about your, your journey. And those rose petals represent the journey that you're going to go on by reading this book, by doing the gross uh, assignments at the end of each chapter. Um, but back to your question, because I wanted to really highlight that because I thought really, really deeply with this, with the cover. Um, when it comes to the book, right, each chapter focuses on a, something that, that you can utilize almost like a tool in a toolbox, right? Mm -hmm. So some of the, some of the tips and tricks that I really want to pull and highlight now is, um, there's a, uh, there's a chapter about shadow work and about shadow boxing, right? You you versing your old version of yourself because during your journey of growth, you have to understand it's not going to be easy. Your old version of yourself is going to want to pull you back into your old habits, which yeah, is, you're going you're growing through cement, right? Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> you're you're going to be met with resistance, and your resistance most of the time is your old version of yourself. Because you're doing things like mm -hmm. you might be getting up earlier than you've been up and, or you might be going to sleep earlier or you might have stopped a certain vice that has been, you know, making you stagnant in life. Right. Um, and so you're going to have these voices. You're going to have the old version of yourself constantly pulling you back and forth. So that's one of the chapters and it's towards the end of the book. That's super important. And I strategically actually placed the chapters in a way where it really takes you through a journey um, to where what is the first thing you need in order to understand the second chapter and what is in chapter two that needs the needs you to help you understand the third and even the last chapter, which again, when we read books, the one thing I've learned in my experience is that I've read a whole bunch of information. I applied a whole bunch of things. This feels overwhelming. And when you mm -hmm. feel overwhelmed during your growth journey, you end up not doing anything, right? You stall yourself out. So the last chapter is I talk about small tweaks because I actually got it from a sermon, Darius Daniels, um, small tweaks equals large leaps, meaning that I'm not asking you in the last chapter, I talk about don't try to apply all this at once. Yeah. Do something small today and then tweak it. Tweak, tweak a certain aspect of your life. And I'm telling people, don't try to consume this. This is something that you're going to go back to, that you need reference points to. And that if you just make a small adjustment right now in life, it'll be a domino effect. It'll be a domino effect into creating a life you want. Because too many people, 
they feel like I need to just go and do all these things right now, implement everything in my life right now. And you ultimately are self-sabotaging yourself. But when you start to make just a small adjustment, um, maybe again, it's like, all right, you want to wake up an hour earlier so you can start to meditate or read. Now that reading 10 pages a day, you have read something in there. Now you're applying it to your life or now you're starting your day off right so you have more energy to, to do X, Y, and Z, right? Or even I tell people, if you're trying to even start you know, your workout journey or your weight loss journey or, or your muscle gain journey, even if you're just getting dressed but you had but you couldn't leave your house that's a small tweak you're at least getting in the mindset i'm getting dressed because eventually it's going to turn into you getting into your car and you actually get into the gym um so i always tell people like i don't want you to feel like this is going to change your life right now you shouldn't want to completely overhaul your entire life just start with a small tweak so those are some of the highlights. And again, those growth assignments allow you to take each chapter of the information and apply it to your life right then and there. Um, same way as you look at textbooks, at the end of every chapter in the textbook, they have their reviews and they have like some questions for you to answer to make sure that you comprehend it and you understood it. So I wanted to make sure I included that for those so that they can truly find growth before they actually get to the end of the book. Samuel, you make an incredible point where people, it, it takes time to incorporate. And like you said, those micro habits that we continue to do, being better and bettering ourselves is a continuous process. And I like to say that overnight success takes 10 years. And mm -hmm. I think it's easy for people to think that the, the ones who look very successful or they look at their prime and and they seem like they have everything together it took them an immense amount of work and it they continue in that work in order to show up and be the people that they want to be so i think that that is such a powerful habit that you give to people now tell me a little bit more about where you plan on going from here what is next for you not nah, definitely and I know I spoke about writing a book in 31 days. I want people to know on this on this um, on this podcast. I actually started to attempt to become an author in 2020. Like so, three years, not 31 days. I want people to understand that and know that. Mm -hmm. So again, what I teach in the book, I embody it. But my goal and where I want to go with this is, I have a vision of turning that book into a curriculum. And to turning that book into workshops within the next year, um, I'm actually going on a, a book tour in 2024. I'm working on establishing that where my book exists in libraries, it exists on college campuses, it exists at the YMCA's across the world. Because I truly want people to understand that this wasn't just to become an author or a best-selling author. This wasn't the goal. The goal was to how do I create a everlasting impact? Mm. And this is legacy, right? This book is something when I think about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when I think about the yeah. books that have uh, lasted this, um, you know, over time and has lasted even past when the author may not even be here. That was my vision. 
Yeah. Um, so where I truly want to go is utilize this again in my keynotes, in my workshops, and create a whole curriculum around it because I want people to be equipped because so many people go through things and they just don't have the support or they yeah. don't have the tools or the resources. And I truly believe each chapter, whether or not you resonate with all 13 chapters or not, there will be a few in there that is going to help reshape how you are growing in life and how you are looking at life and viewing your experiences um, in a different way that you now, again, can turn your pain into purpose um, and truly, you know, go from a breakdown to a breakthrough. So Samuel, you have dedicated an entire chapter to Kobe Bryant and his Mamba mentality. Will you just share briefly what that is? Because you describe it as you feel that everybody should know what that is and incorporate into their lives. Yeah, so um, God rest his soul. I believe Kobe Bryant, if you listen to some of his interviews, if you go back on his post-game interviews, he embodied and 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 he even said, like, I'm, I'm chasing perfection even though I may not get there. And that's truly what mama mentality is, waking up every day chasing a better version of yourself, never feeling like you're fully complete because the moment that you feel that way is the moment that life is going to really start to happen to you and for me, I had to dedicate a chapter um, to Kobe because I want people to understand that you can learn from athletes, right? You can learn from these different thought leaders in the world just because they dribble a ball, they have a mic, they have profound messaging and knowledge. And, and like Kobe, like he did crazy things to just want to be the best version of, of himself. He played um people from different parts of the uh, of the world and he learned their language so that he can talk to them on the court and they were looking at him like wait how do you know russian like or how do you know french or how do you know these different languages and because he wanted to become the best version of himself he inspired me to always view that and go after it and and understand that I'm never, I'm never done. I'm never satisfied. I'm always hungry. Mm. And it allows me to continue to find ways to provide impact. And ultimately that's what he did. He said, I'm doing this so I can continue to impact, whether it's the game, whether it's my daughter's lives by being a coach, um, whether it's, uh, he wrote a short story and, and he got an award for it, like all these different things, like who would have known but we limit ourselves when we feel as though we're complete or we're finished and we don't allow ourselves to have opportunities to be challenged and actually pushed in a way where we're living a better life. Samuel, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, I want to make sure that the audience knows where to find you. So I have here on the screen for those of you who are viewing, and also I'm going to read it out loud for those of you who are listening in. So you can find, he has two websites here. Now the book you can find at www.whatyougothrough.com. Now through is spelled T-H-R-E. 
you. So just keep that in mind as you type it in and you can find access to his book. And Samuel, share a little bit about what they'll find on that and what they get when they go to that site. Yeah. So when you go to that site, um, you'll initially see an option to purchase the book. Again, all of the books, they come with a signed copy and a personal message from me. Like I will personally thank you by your name and, and, and give you a specified message for you. It won't be a generic message that everyone gets. I'm very intentional because I'm grateful for people wanting to support. And even if you're getting it for someone else, like I want to make sure I thank you. But not only on, on that page, you'll, you'll get a better description, uh, a more detailed description on, on why I wrote the book how the book is connected to my life because again it's not just a great read it's not just a resource it's an extension of of my life where where you're going to get access to me on a different level that people don't usually have and then also um coming to the website will be those workshops um that will be up uh and at by the end mid to end of october so if you're looking to also want to like take the book and 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 actually have me do a workshop around one of the topics such as one percent mindset mamba mentality how to create small uh how to take small tweaks and to create large leaps whether it's the one brick mentality um building your life brick by brick whatever that is you'll be able to find that there um but yeah and about me and who i am um and a little bit more about me as an author. Uh, so that's what you'll find on that website. Wonderful. And then we have www.faithandeffort.org. So tell us about that. What will they find when they visit this site? Yeah, of course. So um, you'll find on that site the various services that I offer outside of you know the workshops that I will be offering with the book. So as a national speaker, um, I will, I have keynote opportunities, I have workshop opportunities, and I also train and develop staff around leadership development, around making your best better, around objective reflection, these various topics that will, one, improve retention in the organization, that will improve buy-in, that will improve uh, team development, and these various different things needed to create a successful organization and to be able to serve at the highest level. And also you'll hear testimonials from places that I've worked at. You'll see um, you know, logos of places that I've worked at as well. You'll see videos um, of me speaking and different things like that. So you can get a snapshot of what you'll be getting and how I've already provided so much impact um, not just the students, not just the staff, not just the organizations, but um, all walks of life. That's awesome. Samuel, it has been truly wonderful to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today? Um, one, I want to thank you, April, for uh, this time. Everyone, I, I did not get paid for this, but please check out the podcast. She is an amazing orator. She is an amazing interviewer. She allows people to be their authentic self. I felt so comfortable. We have never met in person, never had a cup of coffee. We just exchanged information uh, 
online and to be able to come into this space, feel comfortable, feel heard, feel seen and feel valued. I just want to say thank you. So for those listening to this podcast, I want you to understand when you come to her YouTube channel, when you come to the LinkedIn, when you come to her Instagram, all of her social medias, just know that you're not only going to get so much information on how to live a better life, but you're just going to feel good about what you have consumed because so many people, we consume so much negativity. This can be the beacon and the light that's going to drive you to, again, a better life. So again, April, I thank you. Samuel, I am going to hire you as my spokesperson. My gosh, thank you so much. I'm blushing. That was incredible. And and I really want to just soak that in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank of you. Of course. Of course. I've, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And again, thank you for just allowing me to come on a uh, show and to share a little bit about me and what I've done in my life. And I continue to, I can't wait to see what my life is in the next 10 years and what I'll do then. Well, we'll, we'll have it shared on the show. So absolutely. Again, it has been such a pleasure. It is my pleasure to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you so much for all of you who have tuned in and supported the show. Thank you very, very much. And until next time, we will see you later.